ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the closed traffic podcast it is awesome to uh see nowadays with the uh the new uh introduction to twitch but also be on the air with uh, our typical outlets uh welcome to this episode of the closed traffic podcast we've got both evan and john on from flight sim expo uh, i think we've been talking about this gosh for almost uh, a month and a half now about getting you two on to uh, spread the word and find out some additional information about expo and all of the things that our our good old audience and the flight sim community can expect out of expo uh we are excited to have you guys on today promise pressure isn't on this is a, a no free flowing laid-back podcast as our audience uh typically knows uh, but we definitely want to dig into some of the the uh the the really interesting topics and um you know events as it relates to the things that are going to take place at fs expo so i will turn it over to our uh co-host here mr johnny johnny how you doing man say hello to the people hey guys how's it going hope all is well i hope everyone's staying safe out there still still all kind of the shenanigans going on but you know we're we're hanging hanging in there here in texas for episode number whatever it is what is the mic and then we're <laughs> Gosh, 20 something. <laughs> yeah 20 something episode 20 something here close traffic podcast but yeah anyway uh but yeah you know everything's doing good here i thought i was gonna do some flying uh, tomorrow but um yeah there's a lot of lots of uh, convective activity Got some low pressure in there happening yeah man just just a lot of action here down down here in the old texas so but other than that man uh doing well over here i know you guys are having all kinds of nice weather over there in cali i see you've been sending it from here to albuquerque <laughs> listen man we have to suffer through the heat but it is nice mm. that we really have to deal with any convective activity so yes it's fun oh my gosh here we go <laughs> oh it's so hot it's just a 90 degrees it's so sweltering oh my gosh that's getting that's oh Evan, John, don't mind Johnny. This is just our typical banter. <laughs> anyway, take the focus off of us. Anyway. We've got two great guests here today, and that's why we've got these folks on to talk about flights in Mexico. First of all, Evan, John, how are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well, guys. Well, it's, it's good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, let's see what Likewise. we've got. Mountain Man, Charlie, what's going on? Welcome, welcome, Charlie. Uh, let us know. Obviously, again, this is only our second one on the Twitch side. So, Charlie, as Number usual, two. let us know if uh, you've got any issues with audio. Hello, Fly with Rookie. Welcome, welcome. So, let's jump right into it, man. I think I've got a couple of questions here. And, and some of these questions actually came from our audience as well as it relates to Expo. Like we just talked about prior to going live here, I've never been personally myself, but have heard tons about it. Um, so actually, before we even get into Expo, I definitely want to get a little bit more information about kind of, you know, both you, Evan and John around, you know, your background in general, especially as it relates to aviation and how you got into flight simming and then eventually into leading uh, some of these uh, great events for the flight simulation community like at FS Expo. So, Evan, if you don't mind, we'll start with you, man. What's what's kind of your background with aviation and how did you get started? Unfortunately, this is going to basically be my entire life story, so I'll try to compress that. As that much is as fine. Possible. That's fine because he's only 12 years old, so he's. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say, Evan, I expected you to uh, definitely be a little more older. Um, you know, I was, I was I was shocked to see, man, your your credentials at. I don't know your age. Just looking at you, I can tell you're pretty young, though. Your credentials <laughs> well, at your age 
uh, definitely are, 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 are freaking awesome. But I'll let you tell your story. Go ahead, man. Well, I was, I was about to start by saying I've been in flight sim for 20 years, so maybe that'll help date me a little bit. I'm 31. Okay. Uh, I can't right. grow any right. facial hair whatsoever, so that's why I look like this all the time. Um, no facial hair for the win, just saying. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's very convenient. Like, I will let really that. Uh, you can save. Think about all the time that you could save in the shower if you only had my face. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you were asking about you know aviation. So yeah, flight sim basically for almost 20 years now. Started at FSX about 2007 type time frame, and just was commenting on this in another podcast. That was basically like right around when YouTube started. There was no live streaming. There was definitely no Twitch, and it was a very very different flight sim world at the time. Totally started out as a complete newbie, like mouse and keyboard. I didn't even actually have the paid version of FSX. I had the trial version of FSX because I did not even bought it yet. Oh. Absolute potato <laughs> computer. I would literally like load a flight go take a shower have dinner and like it might be at 95 percent once those things were done so that's what i started off with when uh, when we were way back when and that really kind of got me into flying so around the same time i started on my private pilot license that took about three or four years because i bounced around different places and then at that point i was kind of just hanging out as a private pilot working a very boring office job formatting slides and doing excel spreadsheets and i was just happened to be in an office that looked over a small airport and i guess part of that part of me being in flight sim decided to quit that job move across the country got a commercial pilot's license and i basically never looked back flew a couple years uh, navajo and a king air operator on the west coast and then moved back to uh, the middle of the country and now fly the embraer 175 for an airline here in north america so that's the real world aviation piece and then flight sim has just followed me all the way through that so it was a huge training aid throughout that whole process i got involved from almost the very beginning in a community that is now boston virtual artcc on VATSIM. so i'm a controller in the boston region you may recognize my name if you fly VATSIM. all the, sure, all the time flying control you the night, number if of anyone's months. around for the philly event that we're doing Mm-hmm. And through that group, I got involved with a show called Flight Sim Con that has since sort of morphed into what we do now with Flight Sim Expo. So I think that's that's basically the compressed version of my life story. That is wow. Wow. <laughs> is that about do it for you? <laughs> that is that's wow. awesome, man. That's awesome. And yeah, I definitely like when we first got in touch with each other. I think I was working with Phil, I think, to set this all up initially, and then he added you to the to the email chain and whatnot. I'm like, I know that name. And I was telling Johnny, I think that's a he's a Boston controller, man. He's worked like <laughs> a thousand of my flights going into Boston, and sure enough, man, I, I got the rest of the history. There. That's 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 great stuff. John, how about you, man? What's your uh, what's your background? Well, you know, I'll have to do the compressed version as well. Um, So uh, I started tinkering with computers when I was five and a half years old and I built my first machine at at just before six, which would have been been about 93. So I was working on Flight Sim uh, 3.2, that was still on DOS. Uh, so we had, uh, yeah, which for the kids out there, DOS was, you know, before you had fancy windows. Um, I have to to tell children about what CD-ROMs are, so I can't imagine what they think DOS is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> floppy disks. Um, so, you know, I got started. I'd always had an interest in aviation and I can't explain why. Um, you know, my grandfather had flown back in the 30s, but then it didn't pass forward until then. I just decided to wake up. Literally, there's video of me at about when, when I could first talk saying, I'm going to be an airline pilot. Um, oh, wow. And this day, you know, cannot explain it, which that story is about a hundred million other people that I've ever met in aviation, right? That we, something just in our neurons and it just like... Yep. All lines for those of them yep. be, you know, that would go to do, you know, real world pilot. Um, but yeah, flights had been part of my life pretty much from, from childhood on. And then I started flying. I took my first flight when I was uh, about seven years old in a J2 Cub. 
Uh, oh, just, cool. you know, just sat in the back seat. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun. Uh, started formal flight training at 14. Actually was on the track to get a waiver from the FAA to get my license a year early. And then they wow. kind of said, yeah, wow. you know, yeah, you've accrued the hours, but yeah, we're not going to make an exception for you. So, uh, oh. I, I, I spent, I spent an excruciating year, uh, working at my flight school at the desk, just so I could take the airplane up for almost no money, uh, uh just, you know, on solo. So, you know, solo at 16, license at 17, mm-hmm. went to, uh, went to Embry-Riddle, uh, Got a, got a degree. Uh, I started air, aero side to be an airline pilot and then switched to air traffic control. I'd always actually been more on the air traffic control side of flight sim early on. Right. We used to have, okay. uh, pre, not pre-VATSIM, but before VATSIM really became right. uh, the norm. Like SACO or? Well, so there was SACO, right? But then there was also just multiplayer groups for flight simulator. Uh, oh, yeah, start, that's right. Starting in FS98 when you had internet yep. connectivity through Windows 98. That's um, MSN Zone or something like that. Yeah, MSN Gaming, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I had uh, So I was New York ARTCC. Uh, wow. And then uh, I, I joined Vatsim in, I want to say, 01 or 02. I don't know. My number is an 84 number, so I'm... Oh. I'm <laughs> <laughs> been on Vatsim wow. a while. A uh, long time. <laughs> yeah, and was actually out of Denver. Uh, just, you know, really liked that, that area of the country. Um, I ended up going on staff at one point. I was doing training because I was writing air traffic stuff and I really got into that side and was less on the pilot side, believe it or not. Now I've totally shifted um, after after a hiatus for a while. Um, went on to work at the FAA. I was doing, I actually, so I, I have a minor in building simulators. And so I was mm-hmm. building, building flight simulators and air traffic control simulators in school. Wow. Uh, and uh, took that to the FAA for a little bit. And now I'm working out in industry. I, I went to the dark side and, you know, sold out for money, but. <laughs> we all did. And, we, all, we all did. <laughs> in your 20s, you are... can be idealistic. In your 30s, you just want to get paid. So. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's where, so I, you know, took about a 10 year hiatus from flights in when, they, you know, went to work and also, you know, so everybody in Embry-Riddle was into flights and we had a Vatsim club, right? <laughs> then you get to the FAA in the real world and it's not really cool. And no. like, you know, especially <laughs> I was pretending to be an air traffic controller while working next to real air traffic air controllers. Traffic. And you can't go to a facility and say, oh yeah, I was on Vatsim all, you know, all growing yeah. up. They're like, great for you. Which, by the way, is, is really dumb. And like, I think that attitude should change at one point because the airlines don't generally look at it that way. When I talk to pilots, mm-hmm. like a lot of us are like, you know, are you in a flight sim? And I get that question all the time, especially with the new Microsoft flight simulator. And we all know, like every single, you know, AOPA, EAA, everyone is talking about the benefit of flight sim for pilots. Absolutely. So why would the FAA look at it that way? And I have heard the same thing from lots of people well, who I know at VATSIM have gone there. And it's just you know, it's backwards. If we want to talk about mm-hmm. the conundrum of the FAA, we'll be here for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll need, a, I'll need a lot more to drink. Um, but I'll tell you that, that the culture is changing, right? Because, you know, you're in this you're in this cultural revolution in aviation still, mm. right? Because you For still sure. have a workforce that is pre-modern automation. Modern, yep. There's, there's still people that remember the original, in air traffic, the original host computing mainframe, right? It was mm-hmm. black and white screen. It was, there was none of the, mm-hmm. what the modern frontier we have today. There's still those people that are working. Now they're, they're getting closer to all retiring out and then you have the next generation. But you know, as the younger mm-hmm. generations come in, it's just like what happened in the, in the mid nineties with the, with the automation in the cockpit, right? When you had pilots that were, you know, all mechanical autopilot, they didn't want, com- they didn't think they thought yep. computers belonged in the classroom, not in the airport, right? right? Absolutely. I actually had, I had a flight, serv- I had a, a FISDO inspector tell me that. 
right? No way. Wow. Arguably enough, he was in charge of overseeing one of the most progressive airlines in the country that adopted automation, almost, you know, very <laughs> early on. So, you know, it's a good wow. marriage there. But so, you know, but Evan, you're right. You know, there's that, that, that culture. And I think with seeing what we're able to do now with, you know, so MSFS is a is a huge leap forward in a lot of for things. For sure. Right? Yep. I think for sure. that's going to change the conversation with a lot of pilots. Um, mm -hmm. Now we need to do the same thing on the air traffic side. Sure and I think side. this is where, um, you know, we've had the opportunity, you know, Evan's, Evan and Phil, you know, putting this event together now and having the having folks from FAA actually come and see what is possible wow. uh, and see, you know, guys getting on Batson together and, and doing a, you know, doing a live event and yeah. start to look at it and go, wow, like this is actually in the right hands, in the right way. Mm -hmm. This could actually be a benefit. Um, you know, it, it, in all honesty, so, you know, at Embry-Riddle, there was, you know, there's two campuses of Embry-Riddle. There's one in Florida, one in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I started in the Arizona campus, which did not have an air traffic program. Uh, and we wanted one. And at mm -hmm. that time, the school basically said, well, if you want air traffic, you have to go to Florida. Now, if you know anything about demographics, Mike, you're in California. Yeah. So most of the kids that go to Prescott are from right. California, Utah. Yep. Right? Utah. Have, yep. The last place they're ever going to go is Florida. You don't Florida. go right. to Florida. And it's the wrong beach, right? Yep. So yep. we actually, you know, we actually designed, as myself and other student actually designed the simulators out of Vatsim technology. We basically created our own version of Vatsim and, and multiplayer at the campus. And that's when we started building up from there. Interesting. So when we show people that we go, look, it doesn't, you know, as much as sure, there's companies that build very expensive and, and realistic simulators. And that'll always be the case. Mm -hmm. Right. The art of the possible is so much wider now with what we of the tools that we have and what you're Available. able to do Absolutely. as a consumer. And FS Expo is the place that shows that off, right? Mm, sure. The people that come to exhibit and just the membership that comes together and shows, I mean, you get some guys that have these at home cockpit setups, you know, Evan's a pilot. He can tell you it's, it probably rivals some of the, some of the procedure trainers, you know, it's mm -hmm. not the full motion Sims, although I do know some, and the one person that's building one in his garage, full motion sim. Wow. wow. He has far too much there's time and money on his hands. Time and there's, money. There's yeah. lots money. of them out there. Like lots, is, way right? more than you'd ever think. Yeah. It wow. is. And the community, it's just incredible. So that's my, my compressed version. And then why is this so great? Now, you know, what is this turning into? It is a total revolution. And it's just, it's fun to watch now and, and be a part of. That's incredible. I didn't realize sure. there was that, uh, I guess perceived um you know negativity about that sim on the controller side or, or simulation in general i could see you know why pilots you know sometimes put it down or especially back in the day right there was always this concept of you know it, it, flight sim is not going to do it for you you don't get that you know seat of your pants feeling and this and that although you know there's so many other aspects especially nowadays where we can you can see that it definitely does help but on the controller and air traffic in the atc side what is different about what you're doing at home on vatsim versus what you're doing in the real world again that could just be being you know totally well, so first, ignorant because i don't know what happens on that side but why do they put it down so much well so first let's talk about what makes vatsim great right vatsim is a community 
uh, yep. helps to really usher in the next generation of not only aviation enthusiasts, but aviation professionals, right? There are right. kids that literally grow up with this and decide like, wow, I love this. I want this to be my career. I right. can't tell you how many people now I'm, I'm meeting that are in school, right? Because it's all younger workforce yep. um, that said, yeah, I got to start in Batson and I loved it so much. And then I saw you could actually do this for a living. And and by the way, in the United States, make pretty decent money out of it, right? Pretty decent money. Yep. They're not bad, right? Yep. Um, but air travel, you know, like, and Evan will tell you on the, on the pro professional pilot side, and I'm a pilot as well. Um, I don't fly professionally, but... Uh, Aviation, especially in the United States, it's a very regulated, regimented training regime because mm -hmm. of the safety culture that we've established. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, in the real world, in the career world, you have professionals that have done this their career, then they become instructors and they become trainers. So you right. know that the education you're getting has been vetted and has gone through, you know, this this highly regulated process. It's also why you can't you can't just teach anybody to fly. You have to go be a flight instructor, build up your yep. time. Yep. You know, the thing the thing that the, the both the best and worst thing that the online community does is it brings people together. And there are some, you know, real world folks like myself and Evan and thousands of others that contribute and volunteer their time to teach the rest of the community what it's like in the real world. But at the end of the day, it's still a simulation. It's still some would consider, I would, I don't consider it a game anymore, albeit they released it on Xbox and that's probably a different uh, yeah. situation yeah. there. <laughs> but, but you know, I think there's a difference between when you're wanting to do it as a hobby, when you want to do it for fun, and then when it is your career, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the way that we started approaching it when I was at school and a lot of other schools approach it the same way, and I think the same thing on the flight sim side, it's a great study aid, right? If you really are, if you're taking it seriously yeah. and you have all the right material on how it is done in the real world, this is a great tool for just, you know, preparing for your formal instruction. It's never going to take the place of actual instruction. And so right. some of the negativity on the air traffic side was just born out of, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you know a lot and you're the one that gets the, you know, you've, you've been absorbed in this, mm -hmm. you probably tend to have a little bit of an attitude like, well, yeah. I don't need to learn. You know, I've been doing this since I was sure. eight years old, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I already know it. And you got to just dump that and go, no, you might be more prepared than your, than your classmates. But, right. you know, when you walk into that room, you've never moved traffic before you know, yeah. you're going to be taught how to do it. So, and I think, sure. you know, it's probably the same thing on the pilot side. You may, you could have 10,000 hours in a flight simulator yeah. until you've had a real world engine enough. out. You, you do yeah. not know what it, you do not <laughs> know what sure. that's like, right? So, Absolutely. Sure. I think a little bit of it is, I don't want to just pick on the FAA because I think it's, it's a global thing, but the regulators need to catch up to what's going on in that home technology right now. So we're giving people credit for using some simulators when there's an instructor there and when the simulators, quite frankly, aren't all that great. What we're right. missing is there should be some credit for people flying on VATSIM in, in a structured way, not like, you know, every mm -hmm. VATSIM hour counts. But in my mind, someone who is flying, you know, a pilot that just cat rating programs, for example, or mm -hmm. our wings programs at Boston, where they're like a structured program where there is some form of instructor doing that. What they're getting out of that is talking to ATC, doing holds, flying approaches. That's not really stuff that you necessarily get out of a quote unquote real world simulator. Like it's not the same thing to go to your no. FBO in a certified sim and fly a hold when the instructor is there giving you bogus phraseology that doesn't even sound like a proper holding clearance and it's mm -hmm. a totally right. sterile environment you don't hear anything else if you do that in the real world you're so busy dealing with atc you can't even like comprehend the hold right that's what's right. the, the whole point of 
asked him is like, okay, it's not just a holding clearance. It's a holding clearance plus there's therapy. 20 other people talking at the same time and I have to change altitudes mid hold entry because someone else is there. Like that's the environmental mm -hmm. training that we're missing from like professional flight simulators in right. my opinion. And I don't think the regulators have caught up on that on the pilot side or the air traffic control side. And that, that is something we worked on with Flight Simex, but when we invite the FAA to come out and other agencies who have been there in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. But as John says, we're going to spend the whole podcast talking I about know, the we, FAA if you let us. So <laughs> you can see yeah, this is a passion I, so project. pilots here, so you can and get, we all have a... We, we have yes, please forgive us in the chat. I know you guys came to hear more about the expo itself, but this is great topics, and I think it Very definitely tie, ties into it. So, speaking of expo, how how again? I've never been, heard lots about it over the years, and I'm excited for the, this time around. Um, but how was it born, and 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 how has it evolved? Kind of what was the the premise behind? You know, again, it was called Flight SimCon before. Kind of how did that take off? Yeah, so I'll start. Um, I'm one of the two co-founders of Flight Sim Expo. The other half of Flight Sim Expo is Phil, who you guys have talked to via yep. email. He's actually an aerospace engineer and a pilot as well. So we've got all kinds of you know different sides of the community. Wow. I like to joke that he works in a lot of automated aviation and things like you know air taxis that may or may not be pilotless. So our usual joke is that he's working to put me out of business. Pilot <laughs> anymore. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't do that in the next three yeah. years and we'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> so he, he and I were involved in this precursor event that was called Flight Sim Con that was just born out of uh, basically a community of people who kind of wanted to get together and one or two people one of whom was an event planner who kind of said look you know we, we can actually make this into a show so she was a very very much a visionary even though I don't think okay. too many people know about the work that she did at the very very beginning of this right. and we got involved Phil and myself kind of saying listen you know this first event that we did which might have had 70 or 80 people in a ballroom in downtown Hartford Connecticut mm -hmm. was like a really cool thing because from every one of those 80 people it was probably the first time they'd ever been around other flights Simmers. And for me, like mm. Facebook was a thing, but I didn't really have all my flights and friends on Facebook like I do now. And so I was literally going there and I met 30 people whose voices I knew from TeamSpeak, but who I'd never seen before, which was really cool. This was like back in 2013, 2014. And so Phil and I kind of jumped on that and we said, look, you know, we can help you reach out to developers and we can help you bring in some media sponsors. And we just sort of volunteered and worked with that organizing committee to kind of build flights and con into what we thought was a pretty cool show and then we had a bit of a difference of opinion that resulted in us starting our own show which is now flights and expo with the first mm -hmm. one happening in vegas in 2018 and then of course in orlando in 2019 I and remember. then obviously nothing has happened in the past little while with everything that's been going on in the world for sure for sure cool i think that's really cool and you know coming up from like early 2000s you know in the flight sim industry and you know, feeling like you're the only person who has a passion for flight yes. sim. You know, I think, you know, when I first heard of flight sim comes, like, man, I wish I could go. But it was like in Hartford, Connecticut. And I was mm -hmm. like, in, I was like in school at the time. I was like, man, I got money for that. But, you know, fast forward now, we're adulting and things. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's really cool to be able to have that, you know, camaraderie whenever everyone can get together and fellowship and, you know, with, you know, who has a common interest, which is, you know, flight simulation and aviation. And, you know, shout out to you guys. And um, heck, I wish we had her name. We would invite her to the show as well. Cause, um, you know, yeah. planning my wife, uh, she, of course we planned our own wedding. So I know event planning events is not an easy feat. Not so having, at all. being able to pull all that together is just fascinating. So shout out to you guys for that, for sure. 
Yeah, and then it's been developed over the years by people like John, who've just basically literally reached out to us and said, you know, hey, I came to the show, I had a great time, you know, how can I help? And that's what's really been able to support us all the way through. Uh, neither Phil and I do this, you know, anything close to full time. Like we both have jobs, this doesn't pay any bills for us yeah. at all. It's just a thing that we've been able to do, and we've been supported by a great group of volunteers, uh, originally from the group at Boston Virtual ARTCC, and now it's sort of branched out to be kind of people who've reached out to us. So people who wow. come to the show and who've said like, I'd like to put my hand up and help we're super grateful to those i mean john has come up with some awesome ideas and some outreach that we probably would never have thought of and so bringing in people from different areas of the community as you point out i mean that's what it's all about right like we sure. kind of and I, i'm guilty of it too like i hang out with my group at boston virtual artcc all the time we mm -hmm. see like you know 10 percent of the flights in the world and lots of stuff that happens just we don't really pick up on and when right. you go out and do stuff like this or you go out and watch a twitch streamer and you see how they fly or you see some of the things that they're doing you're just like wow this is so different than like my concept of flight sim and that's what happens at a show like this is you just bring in all those individual people from those different groups and you stick them all together in a room basically in a Whova app which is a live chat that we can do and all those ideas start to come together and it's a really really neat experience wow you know it's been really just monumental to watch even just over the last year and a half because of the pandemic the mm -hmm. role that streamers have played in the flight sim community Right now, this, and this sure. is a concept that I am only fairly new to, although I've been a video gamer for a long time. The idea yeah. of somebody watching somebody else play video games. I mean, again, this is one of those things where if you had told me it was going to be a huge thing and like make people money, <laughs> I would have been all over it about 20 years right. ago. But I think you know what we've seen now in the flight sim community, there are, you know, there's content creators and influencers that are not just, you know, people are watching them fly on Flight Simulator, but they're actually doing guides and, and educational videos, right? They're sharing their knowledge. And that's been a bedrock of the Flight Sim community since I got involved, you know, way back in, in the early 90s, was you had, you know, usually you had older folks that were professionals in aviation or who just, you know, were very serious hobbyists that you'd end up talking to. And, you know, you're probably, you know, 12, 13 years old and you're just learning. And it's just this, it is this community of shared knowledge and experiences. And the volunteerism has also been a constant throughout, right? When you think about it, that sim is an entirely volunteer organization. It's yeah, a bunch of that's people together to decide that, yep. hey, let's just go do this, you know, either for fun or some people take a little more seriously. Um, yeah. You know, it, and then you see services like Pilot Edge, which was a bunch of Vatsim guys that said, wow, this could actually be, you know, a business, right? Business, yep. right. There's yep. actually a business model here that, yep. that takes the same principles. And so I think... You know what Evan and Phil have really have captured here is that community spirit and that that uh, th that ability to come together and just have a free exchange and or have a free uh, you know have a, a common appreciation for what this capability what this tool has provided for you know 25 almost 30 you know well, more than 30 years now yeah sure but the streamers is a whole new, I mean, this is a whole new paradigm. And one of yeah. the biggest, I think one of the biggest things this year that FS Expo is doing is the hybrid event, right? So you're going to have mm -hmm. the ability to come in person. And of course, we want everybody who is able and safe and, and comfortable to come in person to come. But for those that can't, you know, we have, you know, we have international travel restrictions. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. There's an entirely online portion of the event. And, you know, I think one of the other testaments that, that, Phil and Evan have very consciously done is to make it affordable for every tier of flight center, right? Absolutely. If you are a high school student or, or probably younger sometimes, and you know, you're just wanting to, to kind of get the experience, 
you don't have to worry about, you know, like a regular conference where or a convention where it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. and exactly. whatnot, right? The accessibility of this event is, I think, one of the testaments to the commitment to the community. Um, and I think, you know, so whether or not you come in person, and we, of course we want you to come in person, nothing beats in-person contact, and myself included. I'm tired of uh, Zoom meetings after a year and a half. Oh, I'm yeah. ready to see some people. <laughs> I think we all um, are. Or, or if you, you know, only want to participate online, you're going to get, you know, as common of an experience from the show as you can, right? There will be people that will be presenting in simulcast and live streams. Uh, there's entirely virtual uh, sessions that you can participate in. So, again, I think, you know, this is... I think learning off of what we've seen professional conferences have to do to stay alive and saying, what could we do as FS Expo so that we keep as many people engaged as possible, regardless of if they're here in person or not. Gotcha. I think, I think that's like affordability and, 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 you know, just making it available for folks is really counter to everything we know about aviation, right? You think about aviation and getting into aviation and learn how to fly. And even just some of these things like, you know, air venture and all these other, you know, um, conferences are, are, are through the roof. Sometimes I think being able to introduce flight simming and just aviation in general to, uh, folks that are up and coming, I think, is 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 really excellent and, and better for all of us. The more the more folks we have in aviation, the more folks we have interested. I think uh, we can continue to see this community grow. So I think it's awesome. We're in about almost gosh thirty minutes now. Uh, I, I want to say I think we have a question here or a couple of questions. I just want to give folks an opportunity to ask before I move on to some of the other questions we had. Uh, Dave says, uh, bring FSX, more of a statement, I guess, <laughs> bring FS Expo <laughs> to Canada, Vancouver, preferably. Has there been any thoughts about uh, taking it to over uh, international borders, I guess, if you will? Yeah, well, I mean, I love Vancouver. I lived there for three and a half years, so I would oh, wow. love to go back there and get any chance to go back there that I could. Uh, the short answer is probably not. Canada is a very tough spot for us in terms of so many of our attendee base. About 80-85% of people in a normal year would be American that are attending. I know some uh, Americans don't have passports, so there's yep. you know an instant challenge right there. Uh, the dollar would be good, because obviously there's a nice disparity, yeah. so it would be a real cheap event for uh, Americans right. to attend. <laughs> but uh, in addition to that, the space options in Canada are a little bit tougher to work like you really there's only actually a few u.s cities even that really support this kind of event and i can get into why that is but if you look at the places that we've gone like typically they are vegas orlando where there are just almost literally hundreds of hotels because we need yep. that to pit the hotels against each other a little bit right, and right. get to a room rate that works for people you know as john said this event has got to be affordable this isn't the family vacation probably for you that you're going to drop four or five thousand dollars on this mm-hmm. might be the weekend that you're going to get away and your wife partner significant other is saying you better spend as little money as possible (laughs) and so when we talk to a hotel right we have to go to them and say i know your normal room rate might be three or four hundred bucks a night that's not going to work for us and Mm -hmm. we need to find a way to get that down to 150 bucks a night or something like that with taxes in Mm -hmm. there's only a few places you can do that and canada is a little bit tricky with that you really don't have uh, the ability for our show at this point to go to convention centers we're just a bit too small for that and so um, we we certainly have looked i mean i and i'm very familiar with toronto i lived in vancouver for a while it's just tough to find the amount of space that you need at a price that makes sense but i would certainly love to go there if we could 
I also quote, I also quoted from Mallorca, but that was. <laughs> and you know, right as, as John you. says, we actually do so we do a survey every year. We haven't obviously done one recently with the pandemic, but in normal years, both 2018, 2019, and then the original site of 2020, those were all actually voted on by the community, as was San Diego actually. Oh, so what we typically okay. do is we'll literally we'll, we'll do a bit of initial research, like you know, there's certain places you just can't go to, like right, we'll never go right. to New York because it's too expensive. We really can't get to anywhere in the Northeast except maybe Atlantic City in the summer because that's a super popular spot you know seattle we're never going to get there probably unless you know microsoft or boeing decide to donate some space but other than that <laughs> hey, those know. are not too never likely know. so we do a bit of research and then we basically go out and say here are the five or six places that we could realistically do you know please vote on them and san antonio was one of them it came like a very close second to san diego when we did that in 2020 uh for originally the 2021 show so we do that every every year typically and okay. canada unfortunately has never made it high enough up on that list of course you know it's really funny because like you'll get a lot of people that comment and it's always their home airport right so then, you know you say like <laughs> hey where do you want to see the show and like you know someone's like a uh, small town indiana and i'm like you know what like why did you go look at their profile and it has the same name as they just said you're like oh okay yeah no, and i'd like it in my backyard too that'd be great you know but yeah yeah Okay. No, that makes sense. That's a great explanation. Dave, sorry, buddy. You got to come down south of the border there. Um, yep, south of that, the border. Uh, that Not Taco sense. Bell either. Just south. <laughs> <laughs> uh, virtual flying on Vatsim to Expo would be awesome. Hollywood, that would be great. We're I doing think. that. Yeah. Are, are you? Yeah, oh. we are doing that. As long as Vatsim, so for sure they'll be staffed up because they always staff up the local area during the show. I'm working with Matt at Vatsim to try and get them to do an event on the Friday, like a fly-in. And I'm hoping Pilot Edge and Iveo will do the same thing and maybe even Infinite Flight. So we really wanted to, you know, especially for those people who can't come in person, we did yeah. want to kind of make it a bit of a like, you know, fly yourself to San Diego for the show, do the virtual <coughs> event with us for a couple of days, yeah. and trying to get a few people to staff up on Saturday night around San Diego so you can mm -hmm. actually just do a bit of a VFR flight around the area with some ATC and then like a fly out on Sunday. So we'll see if that, you know, that's a lot to ask of Atsumartak to staff up three days in a row, but I'm going to try. Right. Oh my you God, know, that's incredible. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about again and, and any other year, right? Where, the, you know, the attendance numbers were just looking higher and higher that it, when we return to that and it will return to that, you know, we, there are groups that have done live events in person uh, for their traffic side. Right, an RC gets together in person, and they set up all the workstations, and they end up working like a like a real facility for for a day or two. Um, and I think that's definitely in the possible realm here with FS Expo. Um, you know, in it again in any other year. So we're gonna we're we're gonna keep coming up with new ideas on how to on how to invent things that will attract more people. That it's not just it really this event is somewhat of a design your own experience thing too, right? With a number right. of the wide variety of topics that are covered and the sessions you can attend or just the, the networking that's there, right? And you see people that you've only ever met online and now you're meeting them for real in person. Somebody could have a ball just doing that for a whole weekend, right? And you know, they don't yeah. even need to, to do anything else. So, so it really, this, the event, you know, really allows each simmer or each participant to build their own little custom experience. And so you could, you could not have the same experience every year in a row if you wanted. And I think that's one of the really unique things about this type of format and what we're doing. That is pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, Hollywood says, oh, poor KSAN, rip. <laughs> I'm sure those guys won't mind. I love the, uh, I love flying around LAX and Vatsim. What else did we have here, man? 
Do you guys um, want me to just? I don't know if we've done this already now, but should I just tell you what Flight Sim Expo is in case anyone doesn't know? I know we're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, point, we, yeah, we no, have just yeah, assumed, totally. right? Awesome. Told you yeah, guys, yeah. man, we're about to see if we're pants here. So yeah, please, please, please go ahead. Please. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it quickly. So flightsimexpo.com is the URL. It is there's there's four of these I know of that happen in the world. One in the UK, one in the Netherlands, one in Australia. Now this is in normal times. I don't think any of those are happening this year, but we are the fourth one, and we're probably the only one happening this year. It is primarily an in-person flight simulation conference and trade show. So what that means is we've got a big exhibit hall, 35 exhibitors and sponsors who are going to be there with various products that you can try. And that's everything from virtual reality to the latest flight controls from many, many different flight sim control manufacturers to people who produce add-ons like airplane scenery and stuff like that for the simulator. A virtual reality headsets, you know, anything you can almost imagine for flight sim that you've wanted to try, you can actually come to the show and try. And I think there's anywhere else in the world you can't go to your local electronics store and try 10 different yokes, but you can do that at Flight Sim Expo. And you can see mm -hmm. what else there is to add to your setup. If you're just flying, you know, a desk with the yoke and that's it, there's so much more that you can do. So this is a great opportunity to explore all of that stuff. And then our conference component happens alongside that. So there's more than 30 different seminars that are presented by a whole variety of people. Some of them are developers who are talking about big announcements. For example, X-Plane is going to, we think, announce the next version of X-Plane at the show, share some more previews and videos. Thrustmaster is doing a huge product reveal, a new lineup for their civil aviation space, as is Honeycomb, and a whole bunch more. So developers take up about 30-40% of the time on the seminar right. rooms. And then beyond that, you just have individual people who are really interesting. So people who might be simmers, like Sarah, who's visually impaired, talking about how you can fly an airplane in the simulator without being able to see. We've got a person from the US Air Force talking about how P3D is used to train almost every fighter pilot in the U.S. before they go into a real airplane. Wow. Wow. Investigator from the National Transportation Safety Board coming out to talk about how they used FSX and P3D to recreate the Miracle on the Hudson flight and actually used it in an accident investigation. They use the same stuff that we have. Um, so people that you just would like never imagine or even yeah. ways that you'd never imagine flight sim is being used. It is being used in these ways and these people are coming to the show to talk about that. Wow. And just to chime in, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before on the show, but all those naysayers who does who don't give P3D its clout, I'm just saying P3D is still alive and well. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and but, and they'll be there. So you know, if sure. you're somebody who's like P3D is, I'm, I'm hoping someone is going to do this. I'm sure they will. P3D is doing a Q&A at the show. I think it's at like three or three fifteen on Saturday. I hope somebody stands up and says, "Is P3D dead?" Because I would love to hear the answer to that question. <laughs> oh yeah, because you guys, you guys see the forum posts all the time. You know, especially yeah. with with 2020 coming out and all that. It's like, oh my gosh, you no know, P3D is far, far, far from dead. So no, it's, it, uh, it's actually point. it's it's opposite. It, right p3d mm -hmm. is the only platform they can they can lock down and you can actually go to get certified and that's what they've done there are professional mm -hmm. simulators that use p3d as the viz engine because it, you know as, as the genesis of that from fsx into lockheed martin you took lockheed martin which is a you know that's a that's a real world shop right there right sure. they know what they're doing and they sure. actually had they took that business model of flight sim for profit right not gaming mm. profit, but for business profit in the aviation, uh, perf you know, the aviation community. And I think so, yeah, P3D not only alive and well, but as Evan said, a lot of real world applications that use P3D as the back end mm -hmm. because it can meet the rigorous certification requirements that real world companies have to meet, you know, to meet the regulatory requirements. Precisely. But that's the beauty of it, right? We have so many options in this day and age. 
you know, I mean, like I, I what, three, four Sims we're running right now, Mike. I mean, yeah, man. at least, <laughs> at least, you know, I, I, yeah, no, my, my poor PC. So, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's really, that's really cool to, you know, to hear that, you know, um, there's going to be so many heavy hitters showing up to, uh, showing up to the expo and man i can't wait and uh, and to your point i also thought um that you know it seems as if you know from what we've been hearing you know a lot of thought has gone into um you know some mitigation practices for you know with the pandemic and everything going on so you know having that virtual option um i think it's you know a huge you know huge a benefit. huge benefit for sure um is there any uh, anything um, is there anything that kind of caught you guys off guard during the planning phases? Well, you know, I think pe- the pandemic kind of threw us all a curveball, right? But um, you know, in terms of getting the venue together and uh, getting getting some uh, getting all that set up. I mean, I think yeah, the pandemic for sure has been the biggest curveball of all for you know not just our business obviously, but everyone in the world and families and people and everything. So it's been just obviously very difficult two years for the entire entire globe. When we Mm -hmm. deal with that pandemic uncertainty, we're responding to that with complete flexibility. So we're saying to people, look, if you register and you change your mind and you want to go online only or you want to cancel, you can do that at no charge. The hotel is giving free refunds for anybody up to 48 hours out. And fortunately, most airlines right now are giving complete flexibility flexibility as well and so mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's you know on the fence because of the pandemic just just know that you have really no risk whatsoever when you're choosing to come to the show or again if you choose not to do that in person then there's that virtual option as well uh it's it maybe we want to talk just a little bit and i could certainly do a whole of the podcast on the challenges of putting together a show like this but there is a huge disconnect and i'm sure john could speak to it also from the sort of real world side between like what a simmer thinks is a fair value for something and what something actually costs in the real world and we see that with developers, you know, put up yep. a $70 add-on. People are like, oh, that's way too expensive. So when we go to hotels, you know, it's not as simple as just going to a venue and saying, we'd like to run a show here. Because they're used to people who say that. Those are people who wear ties and have suits and have black MX cards and spend $500 mm-hmm. on a bottle of wine. Like, that's no big right. deal for them. Um, to go to a hotel, like, let's just say we wanted to do a dinner for, I don't know, 50 or 60 people. You're going to pay about $100 a dinner. So mm-hmm. for 50 people to go to dinner, right? Those numbers add up very very quickly mm. live streaming the show is about twenty thousand dollars the space venue rental is somewhere between fifty to seventy five thousand dollars then you add food on top of that i mean these things really become uh, pretty difficult very quickly and so our challenge when we put together a show like this is remembering that a flight simmer who's doing this as a hobby is not going to spend 600 bucks a night on a room they're not going to want to go and play pay money for a dinner that's going to cost 150 bucks like that's just not you know right. our audience and so we work very hard with our hotel partners we work on airline there's airline discounts if you're flying with delta southwest or westjet you can save yourself cool. a few bucks there rental car discounts we've reached out to local attractions like the air and space museum in san diego the midway museum and also the fleet science center and we're just trying to say listen we get it like stuff is expensive so we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to go and just take price out of the equation but that requires a lot of negotiating with venues and it requires <laughs> us going to a city like orlando or vegas where there's so many hotels that you can basically pit them against each other and be able to get yourself a good price. San
San Diego, I thought, was on one of those cities that we'd never be able to go to because it's typically so expensive to get rooms and to do anything there. But we were able to find a, a really good opportunity at a property. And this is even before the pandemic that we signed this contract. And, you know, it, it's worked out really well for us. So that's the city we probably will, frankly, never be back to unless this hotel works out really well for us and is able to give us that same deal again. So there's just, mm -hmm. I mean, again, I could spend a whole podcast talking about how much goes on behind sure. the scenes when it comes to planning this kind of thing and mm -hmm. we're very aware of how expensive it is and we're really trying to make it as easy as possible for people of any means to be able to come to the show but with that you know i think that's also where the content planning really comes into play because while we want to keep it as as affordable and accessible as possible there's the flip side of that on where we look at a community that's willing to spend three thousand dollars to build a gaming rig Right. but won't spend a couple hundred dollars to come to a community, right? And so exactly. I think this is also just where that culture is also going through a little bit of a revolution as well. There was probably more of a, of a movement to get together in person maybe five or six years ago. Now, because the world has become so digitally interconnected and where you know we're able to just see each other you know, very yeah. easily, because this isn't that old, I, you know, I put it into perspective. I know we've all been absorbed in this culture no. for a year and a half. Right. But you think about it, video chatting really up until about 2016, about 2017 yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. was terrible, that's, right? That's you a good had, point. It was Skype and that was not good, right? So, you know, I think we're also learning what do we need to do to attract people to want to come in person? What do they want to get out of it that they feel is equal to you know, going Lord of the Flies to get an RTX 3090, right? Because you're seeing that happen right now. And that's yep. people, people spending far above the market value price for a graphics card, right? Yep. So we have, so Evan and Phil rightfully, you know, they're trying to keep their pulse on that, on the industry as well. I'm working with, you know, folks like myself and the volunteers to just ask the very basic questions like, okay, what would you want to see then to spend the money and come? Where, the thing is that Everybody, the entire planning staff of FS Expo is open to any idea, right? Nothing is off the table immediately. If there's something that we're not doing with this event that, mm -hmm. you know, people say, well, if you just did this, you'd get so many more people. Great. Tell us. I mean, I, as Evan said, they pick the venue based on community feedback, based on participant feedback. Right. I don't know any other show that does that. I know shows will, in fact, avoid that because they know where their community wants to steer them and they may not want to have an interest in going there. So the fact that this is such a community-driven and participant-driven event, you know, to I'm, I guess it's kind of a broadcaster for me out there. If you haven't decided to come yet, and partially it's because you're not, you know, you don't think there's something here that you're going to want to participate in that's worth the money, then don't just not come. Send an email to us and say, hey, you know, if you had this, I would, I know, I'd be here in a heartbeat. Because those are the yeah. kinds of, that's the only way that this show continues to grow and ultimately I think could become, you know, the premier event to, to, for this type of, you know, for the community. For Why sure. Not? I mean, good good luck getting E3 to be receptive to any, <laughs> to like anything or any of those big, you know, venues that, you know, these big conventions, you know, I mean, just, it's just not happening. They have their set you know, schedule or set, you know, whoever they're going to have and that's it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, shout out to you guys for, you know, being receptive to the community and, um, you know, being cognizant of, you know, um, you know, despite, you know, whether how realistic or unrealistic they may be, you know, <laughs> being, uh, being receptive to that. So that's, that's really cool to hear. I see John posted something, not John, but, um, Dave posted something in the, uh, discovery, what discount for discovery flights for attendees. 
That's um, one of his uh, ideas for ideas, how he can yeah. <laughs> get more yeah, folks Yeah, we actually uh, we have done that. We, we try it every year. Flight schools are just real difficult to get in touch with. So both mm-hmm. in Orlando and recently this year in San Diego, I think Orlando was 75 flight schools that I reached out to, and San Diego's list is about 37 or something like that because it just did it. And that's what we said wow. every year. We say, we're coming to town. We're only going to be here once. Number one, you know, tell your students about this, please. Number two, yeah, if you want to set up a simulator, you know, feel free to come. We'll comp your attention. Like and number mm-hmm. three, we have a whole bunch of people here. About 30, 45 percent of them are going to be pilots. The rest are not pilots, but they're freaking super passionate about aviation. So yep. if there was ever somebody who you could say, let's <laughs> give a free discovery flight to, because they're probably going to buy flight lessons, like it's yeah. a flight simmer, right? So we Sorry, do that every year, and, uh, and and never do they even respond to it because they are a very interesting so uh, group really? to get in touch with. But that like would love that. Uh, I think Honeycomb was kind of tossed around the idea that maybe they could do a free discovery flight with some of the local schools they're affiliated with so that may well end up happening kind of organically but it's certainly mm-hmm. something we've looked at but you know thank you for the suggestion and, and we do it for sure uh, there's also a question about the virtual event there i can take care of that too oh yes, john you had anything you. you wanted to add about that point before I oh no, no 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 continue no continue so i'll I just think talk, uh, talk <laughs> no, virtual well, either way uh, either of you john <laughs> <laughs> i forget there's like two john so sorry <laughs> so virtual event it's 15 dollars. what that gives you access to is all all 30 of those seminars so you'll see them live streamed from the show site and there's also about five or six that are actually being presented virtually as well so the speaker isn't even at the show because they might be overseas where they can't actually make it so you'll get access to all of that live plus recorded in addition to the actual seminars you get access to this app that we have called Whova. that's available to everybody both in person and online folks and what it allows you to do is chat with each other chat with the developers access discounts show specials anything that the developers may have going on giveaways raffles that we do all that stuff takes place in this app called Whova. so you get access to both the seminars and then the app basically for the entire weekend and then as we said earlier we're doing working with the online networks to do things like fly-ins to san diego and that'll be open to anybody but obviously if you're participating in the event you know it's a cool way to kind of get yourself there virtually and the Whova app is something that we are really excited about to bring back again this year we intentionally didn't do discord and i, mean, I love discord but the problem is i'm in like 80 discord Discords right now and so uh, it's probably the same for you guys i go into oh, a new yeah. one and then i mute it right away because like i just you know there's no way to keep up with them all and then i look right. at the everyone pings when they kind of come out from time to time and right. so we, we intentionally didn't want to do discord because i think there's so much going on there with yeah. the Whova app what we're trying to do is say let's take all those people you know one or two from each of the discords let's bring them together into this other mm-hmm. place for just the weekend we don't leave it on year round it's just on for a couple of days and you get the opportunity to hang out and chat as a group and then again you know chat to directly with developers, watch videos about their products, and of course have access to the entire library of uh, 30 plus seminars, all for 15 bucks. So we think that's a pretty reasonable way to get involved with the show if you can't make it in person. That is incredible. Guys, I'm sitting here on the website, and of course Johnny and I have been here, right, you know, um, looking at things and we're fortunate to, you know, be a media partner there this year. So I'm super excited about that. But sure, uh, sure. if you guys, man, just take a, a moment, not now, after the after the podcast, <laughs> take a moment. First of all, registration is still open, right, Evan? John? Still open. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you registration can register on site. You can register in advance. Yeah, oh, cool. absolutely. But take a look and just go through the, the website itself and all that's going to be offered that weekend. I mean, I attend expos and conferences all the time for work. We even host our own conferences and expos and we hire a team that we pay 
eons and eons of money to to put that stuff together and what i'm seeing here and the things that we are going to be able to take advantage of that was just put together by you guys in a group of you know small other volunteers, volunteers. <laughs> in addition to everything you guys have going on in life and your regular jobs is just phenomenal um so first of all if i don't say it you know before we get off this show and even when i'm able to meet you guys there i, I just want to say thank you um the flights and community has been a community i think that has been overlooked for far too long especially when you compare it to other uh gaming communities out there uh, i think what you guys are doing is just incredible and gosh man I, I think it's going to continue to expand continue to grow and again it's not just about when you look at other game gaming and, and simulation components those things really serve to really majorly entertain uh, i think one of the differences with flight simming is it not only serves as an, uh, a way to entertain, but it also serves as a way to get folks into aviation. And we hear all this time this cliche phrase of the pilot shortage, but it's true. It, it really is a thing out there where we don't have enough pilots, you know, um, not really GA, we got a ton of those, but, you know, pilots <laughs> pursuing, uh, uh, just ask me, four or five folks in a pattern every weekend, but, you know, folks <laughs> pursuing, you know, aviation careers. And I think, having conferences and, and having conversations and getting folks together to say, hey, I'm not the only one here in my little small town USA that is interested in flight sim and there's so much out there and you can learn from, from others. I think it's just incredible. So again, uh, a big thank you to you guys and you guys definitely take advantage of this. Um, I, I'm ready to see it grow exponentially. I was excited about this thing from the beginning, but sitting here talking with you guys and Looking at the questions in the chat, this thing, I'm just, I'm super pumped and super excited for this. What are you guys in particular, you know, obviously you guys are going to be running around working this thing, right? That's probably one of the other aspects that <laughs> folks don't realize, like you got to put this thing together, but you don't necessarily get to go and enjoy, right? Oh, yeah. You're working the entire time as well. But, you know, those moments where you do have some downtime and do have some time to check out exhibits and, and um, you know, some of these classes and whatnot, what are you guys personally looking forward to? Yeah, let me just, I want to just talk about the sort of new pilot piece, because I think there's some really cool stuff we're doing there that people may not know. And then I'll let John answer that first, and then I'll come sure. back and give my answer. But um, in 2019, especially in Orlando, that was a huge thing for us, because we realized, like, there are no places you can physically go to to learn flight sim anywhere else, really, in North America. And certainly, mm -hmm. you know, these days, really nowhere else in the world. And so we thought, like, what can we do about that? So in Orlando, we did a few things. One of them was run radio advertising. When do you think anyone's ever advertised flight sim on the radio? We partnered with the EAA and with Glime Aviation, which are two really big real-world organizations yep. that yep. reach out to pilots. And we basically said, hey, you know, if you're new to flight simulation, maybe you're a pilot, maybe you're a student pilot, we want to show you how this stuff can help you. And in Orlando, out of the 1,700 people, 25% told us they were brand new to flight sim. And I was just like, that is wow. amazing. Like, that's three or 400 new people, never tried flights in before, mm -hmm. that are coming into our community, experiencing this all at the show. And that's that was actually one of the reasons we started Flight Sim Association was around that same thing. Like, how can we help reach out to these pilots who we know this is great technology and they know it's great technology, but it's not all that easy to, you know, just jump into it, especially if you're someone who might be a little bit older, not super familiar with technology. These are the yep. kinds of people that we talk to at Flight Sim Association who are like, you know, 
know, all this stuff is so hard. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that hard. And we kind of give them some tools to make it a little bit easier for them. So that's a big part of this show is just being that ambassador for flight simulation in the real world pilot community, especially, and trying to get new people to realize what our hobby is all about. I think you guys in the content creation world obviously play a huge part in that as well. But that was something we were really, you know, proud of ourselves and proud of the community for being able to do. There's no way we would have been able to spend any money on radio ads if not for our sponsors mm. and for the attendees, you know, paying some money. So again, it was just we try and take whatever we can raise out of this show and funnel it right back into the sim community and say, let's go find some new people to, you know, enjoy this hobby. So there's my uh, there's my spiel on new pilots. And John, if you awesome. want to actually actually answer the question that they asked, you know, maybe that would be <laughs> no, that was that was fine <laughs> as well. That that was good to hear. You know, so a big part of my real world job is going to trade shows every year. Last, uh, you know, in 2019, I did 26 trade shows, um, oh, which wow. you didn't think there's that many for the for the aerospace community, but there are. Um, and wow. this is the only one that I can think of where I'm excited about it, you know, even a year and a half ago. Right. Um, and I think it's just because it really embraces that passion. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be in a room full of people that are equally, if not more passionate yep. than you are about this, right? Whether or not you consider it to be a hobby, whether or not it is your career, right? You think about it. Evan's a real world pilot. Evan sees this every day. It's like, this is work, right? Yeah. And yet, <laughs> and yet, but, and, and so all of us that are, that do this for work, still want to come together and do this thing mm -hmm. called FS Expo, right? And still do flights. Incredible. Right. I mean, I think that that right there tells you all you need to know about what you're going to get at this show. Right. So of wow. course, it's always exciting if you take a second to stop and see one of the product announcements. You talk to some of the exhibitors and the vendors and, and you learn about what's on their pipeline because I think one of the hardest things as a consumer anymore is that everything is treated like state secrets from a new product side. Exactly. And then it's, because every, cause it's about the, it's about the, um, you know, the excitement factor on big product drop announcements, right? This is the world mm -hmm. we have to live in now to generate the traffic, right? And you kind right. of guys that, right, you have to do big <laughs> announcements. So yeah. you don't get any lead up to it, right? And so I think the part of that is though, you come and talk to these guys and they may, they may start talking about, well, hey, you know, yeah, we are thinking about this. You, you know, we know that you want this. We know we don't have a product for it currently, but we think there's going to be something coming on down the road. You don't get that anywhere else, right? Not that I know of, especially with what you would classify as consumer electronics, right? Because it's even, mm -hmm. everyone goes to CSS thinking, oh, I'm going to learn all about, you know, what's coming yeah. in a year and a half. No, you, you learn about what's being there right now. And I think, right. um, you know, my experience in 18, I talked to some folks, you know, saw what some of the hardware manufacturers were planning, right? It was really cool to see. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And then really just, it's again that that camaraderie and seeing i think the most rewarding thing anybody who plans events um and I, i've had to plan a few you know a few of the trade shows myself you see is just that the people connecting right mm -hmm. people that have never met before especially in this world people that have never met before in person they've probably known each other 15 years but they've never met in person and is at that first time that human connection which i think this year is probably more important than in any prior year is mm -hmm. human connection Absolutely. right so again i think it's you know we're excited to see not only you know obviously you see this program that you've put together in labor of love for how many months uh mm -hmm. over a year now come to fruition and see right. that uh you know come out before as you said 
Unfortunately, I think Evan and Phil and I probably won't see too much of it because there's lots of logistics in running a trade show. Uh, yep, that's one yep. of those things where, you know, Johnny, you planned a wedding, right? I planned a wedding. I don't know if you had, I don't know if you remember having much fun at your wedding because it's too nah. many things going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If you got to eat your cake and remember it, then you're right. I know, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, I'll joke that, like, I'll be there. I won't be attending, but I'll be there. You know, right. <laughs> I'm just busy doing all these things. But, uh, but that, that's my same answer. Basically, is what John just said at the end is the opportunity to just meet face to face. So, so many of of uh, the people that I talk to now on a regular basis, be they developers, be they content creators like you guys, or just be they regular simulators who I'm hearing and talking to through Flight Sim Association, uh, these are the kinds of people that I just love to be able to actually meet face to face. And whether that's like elbow bumps this year or masks or who knows right. what it's going to be, right? Uh, but that's fine. Like I just, I want the opportunity to just get off a video call and stop watching people on stream, and uh, you know, and see people from the waist down. Like see, you know, the, the whole body is just like this part exactly. of people, right? Like I can tell you Mike Berkman's face from here up, but like I don't know the rest of them. So it's, it's Evan, Evan doesn't know that I'm actually a floating aberration. Yeah, like no. you might not even have legs. Like I don't know, right? So uh, it's just, it's just interesting to be able to, you know, finally get off the off the computer and be able to do stuff like that. So for me, that's what it's all about. Um, let me throw that back at you guys because you know neither of you have been there before but you've obviously read about it and you're all you're hearing about it now so what, what is it for you guys that's kind of the most exciting piece of the show i know for me and again you know being um you know being in flight simulation for you know probably about like 20 years or so um you know it's never before have i ever thought you know that there would be a time to where you know i can meet you know people with you know like-minded passion for something that i mean i good luck talking to my wife about flight sim good luck <laughs> yes. talking to my parents about flight i mean it's just you know i mean unless you're you know it just grabs you I and mean, it's just something you won't understand and um to be able to you know just be around folks and you know i can talk pmdg and they actually know what i'm talking about or we can talk these other <laughs> you know we can talk about you know topics in the industry they know what i'm talking about um to me i mean it's you know it's worth you know the trip or worth whatever um you know whatever funds you have to come up with to get there you know just to have that opportunity and heck i've never met mike you know <laughs> just you know I've just putting that, that we've, we've never met each other right so you know i think um and to your point you john especially you know um you know with this uh, the past year or so i think now it's more important than ever than to actually get that you know personal interaction you know rather than rather than you know zoom calls and oh my gosh yeah um so um but yeah you know i mean i, I know mike you know i know he's definitely looking for especially with it being right down the road from him i'm not gosh. saying nothing but yeah it's totally right down the road from the dude <laughs> hour and a half drive man. i can't wait i can't wait or 20 minute flight would depend on how you look at it um i think for me first of all uh Dave's cracking on you, buddy. Uh, he says now he knows why you stream because you're lonely. You have no one to talk exactly, with. and you know, that's exactly why I stream. I'm I'm lonely. I have nobody to talk airplanes with. That's precisely what it is. Oh man, I think it's incredible too. Uh, first of all, I mean, John mentioned a good, uh, interesting thing that you know Evan does this for a living, and he still wants to be a part of this. Same thing with you, Johnny. Right? You know, you're a retired commercial pilot, and you know, shepherding people around in planes all day, and you still came home and, and did flights to me. I think that's incredible and speaks volumes to 
uh, how entertaining this industry is and how passionate uh, folks are about it. For me, number one, I think like you guys said, is meeting everyone face to face for the first time. Uh, obviously, Johnny, it's been what, two years and we haven't met maybe three uh and then you know lots of folks that continue to support our podcast and our individual channels um you know week after week i think it's going to be incredible and exciting to meet them fellow content creators as well i think you guys were on with you know xp and blue last week or couple days ago uh and we had them on in our stuff and it's just great to have conversations with them as well so looking forward to meeting them i think from a conference perspective i'm more excited about seeing uh the real world aspects of aviation come together and meet the flight sim aspect you guys threw out some heavy hitters faa and ntsb i mean can't get much heavier than that (laughs) you can't get much heavier than that. that that's incredible to just be able to go in there and rub shoulders with those folks um because they provide and bring a wealth of knowledge that I think is really important for real world pilots like us, but also aspiring pilots that are going to be there as well. Um, and just continuing to see the flight sim community evolve and grow into the real world uh, aspect of aviation. I think that's what I'm, I'm excited about the developers. Don't get me wrong. And all of the other folks that are going to be there, but being able to rub shoulders and talk to some uh, folks that actually do aviation for a career and are um are the reasons why we obey to uh all of these uh fars um i think is going to be uh, really cool to, to to meet with them and interact with them me personally and you know it's interesting Cody, you know i think so three of us being real world pilots and then why do we want to do this all day and then come home and do this at night but at least for me you know part of it is just that it's actually a relaxation because you're able to enjoy flying because flying is a job i tell you i mean i have a lot of friends who say it's it's obviously still fun you want to do as a job right i mean it takes a lot to be a professional Mm -hmm. pilot but you have to be serious right there's a serious culture you you don't always get to enjoy flying the same way when you're doing it as a profession versus when you're able to just relax and you know whether it's taking a cessna out just flying around the pattern or you're able to boot up flight sim and have the realism to where it's like oh okay yeah i can do you know really fun things or i can do the ridiculous things like fly a triple seven under the golden gate bridge right never do that in real <laughs> life but hey right so so that's your denzel just, washington lesser denzel shout out to my yeah. man denzel i hate that movie Sorry. It was so bad. I just, I couldn't believe it was bad. It was really bad. It, it, someone forgot to tell Denzel. I like Denzel, but it was bad. Someone forgot to tell Denzel when you pull the fire handle, the engine doesn't work anymore. <laughs> just it, it, it definitely gave just, us you know. a bad name in terms of guys like flight, flight, you know, flying air. But that. No, I'm sorry. Just to dive into the movie for a minute. But did you guys notice the sunglasses never wavered? Throughout all the maneuvers, that's true. Sunglasses that's never I didn't true. think of that. You're right. Denzel, man. Denzel. They were. Uh, so, oh, you know, man. I think, you know, but it's just, it's, it's, and that's, again, a tribute to why, you know, why this community is so passionate. And the other thing that's also really fun to see in person when you go to some events like this is also an eye opener for the diversity in our, in our community as well. I mean, because. Um, so everyone hears about, you know, aviation is a male dominated industry, right? And I think now we're starting to very see that, you know, really see that change. I work very closely with, with Embry Riddle and some of the other schools who are really encouraging, you know, the, the, the female population, you know, female STEM students and international STEM students, right? Mm-hmm. And getting into aviation. I've, I'd like to say, you know, well, the flight community has been ahead of you for 20 years because I've always met just a very diverse crowd of people because it's not, 
it's people from all walks of life that have decided, oh, I really love this and this is my way to do it, right? Maybe aviation, you know, we've talked about the, co- the barrier cost of entry. Maybe it's not affordable for some. Maybe it's yep. just not an ability. But everybody has a computer now, pretty much. And everybody can now have access to this world. And I think that I'm tying it back to what Evan's saying about the number of people who were brand new to flight sim or brand new to aviation that are coming to this event and what this event can really do to spear and that, you know, the, the workforce, because we do have, it's not just a pilot shortage. We have an aviation workforce shortage. Mm. It's across the board, right? We need, and especially coming out of the pandemic, it's yeah. been hit very hard, right? You have a lot yeah. of folks that had to go seek alternate careers because we, you know, especially in the United States, we weren't flying for, you know, right. a year. Right. So I think now more than ever, this show is key, you know, events like this and the community are key to spearheading that next generation of the aviation workforce, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going to get interested in now. And that, and it takes a lot of time and dedication to become an aviation professional. It takes a lot of years of, ed- of education and schooling and training. And if you start now, you know you're going to be, you're, you're going to have a workforce that's very dedicated to it because they're so passionate about it. Right. I think that's, that's, uh, that's very well said, um, you know. I think diversity inclusion is important in, in every walk of life, in every aspect, in every industry, but aviation, um, totally. Um, so anything we can do to further that along and, and help, I think is extremely important. And I think events and conventions and just shows like this um, definitely lends towards uh, helping improve that. So let's see, do we got any additional qu- pushing tail? That's awesome. I love. I could watch that oh, a yeah. hundred times. times. Oh, Most God, unrealistic air traffic times. movie ever. But I <laughs> that movie is kind of like uh, it's kind of like Armageddon for me. No matter what, I will watch it beginning to end every time. No uh-huh. matter, you know, you know. No it, matter what. No matter what. I t- yeah. I, I tell that. folks Armageddon is probably the, my top three movies of all time. Don't know why. No Great. idea why. So, so no many idea. movies way better than that made throughout history, but Armageddon is my top three. I don't yep. know why. I can watch it all the time. Um, Evan, there's an idea we should do. Uh, we need to do movie nights. Okay. Bingo. Sure. Especially on like the sure. fr- a Friday night or when folks are, are getting in. A, well, it's got those big projectors, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be aviation movie night. There aviation you go. movie night. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to, yeah. we'll have to get out the classics airplane. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, um, let me see. I don't see any additional questions. I don't want to keep you guys forever either. Again, I know we're a couple weeks away. You guys are definitely busy. Uh, getting things wrapped up but i do have one more question here for you guys i think when you think about you know this convention and things to come what are some obviously you're asking for you know feedback from the community and and folks that are going to be attending without giving away state secrets what are some of the things that you guys have already been thinking about for even next year or the year after as it relates to this show it's certainly a, you know, a weird time for us. Like we were, you know, 1,700 people in Orlando in 2019. We were on a trajectory to be 
easily above 2000 in 2020 when the show had to cancel, obviously, for Vegas. And so, you know, now it's in a really weird spot because we know with the pandemic, the travel restrictions, we're not going to see, you know, 1,700 people again in San Diego, I don't think. Although, I'm, you know, it's possible, but I don't think Hopefully. we're going to quite yeah. get there, right? Right. And so then it's just like, well, you know, where, where do you rebuild that to? But I think a lot of what we were doing in the past is even more important right now. And so it's trying to bring this idea of flight simulation and real world flying a little bit closer together. We've done a, we made a lot of inroads at the FAA with the EAA, which is again that a real world pilot organization and several other um, players like Sporties and Glime Aviation and Redbird that kind of already are doing a little bit of this bridging the gap between the flight sim world and the real yep. world space. So we want to just continue to try and move that forward. When we look at the future of this show, uh, the commercial side of it is actually playing a huge role. You know, In fact, many companies that were at the show in 2019, who you will know from your own flight sim PC world you go look in your folders right now and you'll have products from these companies at our show in 2019 signed contracts with the u.s government and are doing one million plus dollar business with wow. the u.s government right now wow. from conversations they've had at flight sim expo wow. 2019. and that's stuff that we never see in the flight sim community but many of the add-on airplanes that we have are because of that and we just don't because know that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and so if we can you know that's, that, that's the role that we think we play is you know helping to just advance this entire hobby of ours and keep it growing so long term i know it's not a very concrete answer because it's tough to give concrete answers these right, days but right. we want to get back to where we were and then we were in a, I think a really good place to try and make some inroads at doing things like maybe getting the FAA to start recognizing time on VATSIM toward a pilot's license. I think that's totally practical within the next 10 years and we'd like to try and play a role in that so that's where we want to be able to bring this show is helping the real world pilot get a better understanding of what flight sim can do for them and then obviously for the flight simmer helping to just keep our community growing in ways that allow us to get better add-ons for maybe even less money and just continue to love this hobby of ours that's cool. awesome wow well said there was actually a question from hollywood 135 let's see i missed if it was said earlier are vendors selling their items at the expo yeah, that's always a, a question we ask of, and we tell vendors every year because I get people who come to the show as attendees saying, I would love to be able to buy stuff. So yeah, certainly some of them will be uh, doing that. Ooh, Others cool. will not. It just It's a tough thing because obviously if you're sure. a vendor, you got to bring a bunch of like stuff there. Mm -hmm, so sure. in a lot of cases, what they'll do is give you a code for a good discount that you can then just buy the product and right. you know ship it to your house. And hey, like if, if you've like cool. flown to the show, you don't want to be buying like a Thrustmaster yeah. yoke and then have <laughs> right. that you know, box. Right. Right. Yeah. Like so some of, them, some of them will. I think Turtle Beach, which is that they just announced that new flight, what is it called? Velocity One Flight System, which yeah. is really mm -hmm. cool for the both Xbox and PC. I think you'll be able to buy a couple of those there. Probably not very many because sure. they'll just have come out by then. And there'll be a few. I'm certainly Honeycomb because they're located in San Diego. I'm sure they have lots of product there if they can find any of it. Real Sim Gear also, they're based in San Diego. So there'll certainly be opportunities, but more than anything else, I think, you know, come with the idea of getting a bunch of discounts and then going back home and actually taking advantage of those that's usually what happens gotcha cool. gotcha well there you go hollywood oh he's hollywood to so start the movie night with top gun fitting we're in san diego right Definitely. that's true yeah i was gonna make a hollywood quote but you know all right i don't know <laughs> hollywood is actually a real world pilot as well he flies uh the airbuses for a uh, u.s carrier we had a nice. gosh a couple of days ago so i think i think he's planning on attending and again i think just bringing this community together with with folks from all different walks of life uh from the aviation community i think is going to just benefit everyone and just allow us to continue to grow so looking forward to seeing everyone there man it's, it's going to be incredible um 
with that, any any parting words? We're gonna let these busy guys uh, get back to you know all the plan that they need to get to. Any any additional questions? Fly rookie says I got to get those giveaways to the community. Yes, sir. Fly rookie. Also, we talked about building um, flight cockpit. simming home cockpits. He's got a full size seven three seven simulator there in his garage. I think that's uh, it's it's epic. It's epic um let's see oh sorry did you try to post something? yeah i was just why well, i saw he uh he said something about i want a table earlier this was uh fly with rookie as well so hit oh, me up at flight to mexpo.com if you have any questions or you want to talk more about that happy to, to do that obviously that happened anybody that wants to bring their full uh home cockpit setup to the yeah show. we'd love that yeah. Yeah. There you go, yeah, Ricky. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll come help disassemble it. Just be, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, my last two parting thoughts uh, would yes, be two spe specific things. Number one is please register, right? So, flightsimexpo.com. If you're coming in person, by all means, that is the best experience. If you cannot make it in person, then you've got the $15 online only option that we'd love for you to take part in. And as John said earlier, you know, if you're looking at the the show and you're like i don't want to register i mean first of all I, I, well maybe i shouldn't say i think you're crazy but if you decide that you don't <laughs> want to register tell me why like i'd love to know i'd love to hear from you because again we're trying to build this event into something that we can all enjoy as a community Absolutely. and with it being available online this year like there really is no excuse right every you know every year oh yeah it's too expensive it's too far it's hard to travel to vegas i mean it's hard to travel to Vegas. come on now but anyway i get it right you had an excuse most years uh this year you don't have an excuse so if you're thinking you know, I, I don't want to do this. Please come tell us why. Evan at flightsimexpo.com. Find us on social media. Um, some people even call me still. I have a phone. My phone number's on the website. People use it, believe it or not, and it's great. And I have great conversations with people on the on the phone. It still happens. It's amazing. Kind of a wow. for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, please, Try that please link that. again there, uh, Evan. See if, you can yeah, get, see if you can get that in there. I think I, I, I edited yeah. that. I'll drop my email right there. Uh, so it's Evan at flightsmexpo.com. And there then I'll give you the phone number as well, 833-437-3976, which is even toll-free, so you have no excuse. It's within North America only, but that's okay. Um, so that was number one. Please register. Number two, please tell your friends also. So if you're part of a VA, a Discord community, you have a Facebook Absolutely. group that you post in, you know, we, what we've seen in the past is that it's individuals who grow this show. Like, I, I can only do so much. John can only do so much. We're only like four or five volunteers. So what you can do to help build this show is just tell people. If you know somebody in Flight Sim and you know that they're coming, like, tell them when you're going to meet up. Like, hey, let's meet at the hotel lobby at Thursday at 7. Let's grab a beer, right? Or if you are not already planning that with a group you know talk to your va and say hey who else is coming let's have a meetup at the bar at five and let's just you know meet each other because we've talked online over discord or over text for years we never met it's a great opportunity if you're part of any group out there send them the link tell them about the show and please help us grow this into something that hopefully is resembling what we saw back in 2019 those are my last my last two comments please register and please help us out by telling your friends spread the word guys and spread definitely register i know we've been talking about this for months so we're excited oh, Lord, we can't yeah. wait to get there um Got any the uh, any days. any, <laughs> any party words uh from you john well i go you know register come in person or come online but register and come and also just thank you guys because it's without without folks like you to doing these outreach and, and having these events and having these forums uh this is this is really how the community grows is by 
this type of ability to talk to each other and communicate. And what, you know, Evan and FS Expo are really doing is bringing the in-person part of that. And now virtual. Right. So again, I'll, I'll echo my outdoor voice. There's no reason not to participate in some way, <laughs> right? Yep. And, uh, and so we hope to just see everybody there. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Johnny, anything you got for the people, man? Oh, man. Any part up, of words? Show up, Flight Sim Expo, register. And um, yeah, just everyone stay safe out there. You know, going to keep it short and sweet. All right, guys. As always, thanks for joining this episode of the Closed Traffic Podcast. Keep the blue side up. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys at Expo. Take care. See ya.